0: Welcome to Passion Life Church to church this morning and and I'm just so glad that you're here and uh, we've just been experiencing some incredible, incredible uh, testimonies of what God has done. All of the messages are on our app. Um, If you would like to hear some of those messages that were preached, maybe you missed a service, you can download our app. I'd love for you to all the prophecies that were spoken over people. I didn't know that Dr. Maiden was Israel Houghton's pastor that he actually prophesied over Israel Houghton. How many of you have heard of Israel Houghton? If you're not, you're not going to heaven. Come on, somebody. Because you are not a friend of God. I <laughs> do you like that. He wrote that song, I Am a Friend of God, and Israel Houghton was 19 years old, sitting in the back of Dr. Maiden's church, and he prophesied over them, over him, and he became uh, who he is and led worship with him. And, uh, and he... He spoke some prophecies over our church and over you all, and they're all on the, on the app. Love for you to get those incredible, incredible messages. This morning, I want to continue with our supernatural theme. This next Sunday, I'm going to be talking about dreams, and I feel like many of us have stopped dreaming because we've come into a routine in our lives. There's conflict in our lives. There's drama in our lives, and if we're not careful, all of those things can stop the dream that God has placed in our heart, and I want to encourage you to come back next week. But this morning, I have entitled today, Make Room. Everybody say that with me. Say, make room. Come on, turn to your neighbor real quick and say, you need to start making some room for the breakthrough. And I want to share some keys to breakthrough. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. If you don't have your Bibles, that's all right. You can look at the big Bible up on the screen. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. And uh, I would just encourage you to read this whole chapter and even uh, go into a couple chapters after. And uh, it's amazing. I believe that our church is in a time of breakthrough. I think breakthrough and believe breakthrough is coming to your life. How many of you can receive that this morning? Breakthrough in the area of your finances and your business? Well, Pastor Phil, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Well, you have to speak it before you see it. And so we need to start speaking over our lives what God is saying over our lives and our lives. And I believe that our church is going through a time of breakthrough, and I believe that here's what God wants us to do. I wants, he wants us to start making room for the breakthrough that He is going to bring in our lives. And we're going to look at a woman today who experienced some incredible miracles. Second uh, Kings chapter four, verse eight. If you found it, say, "Hey." Now it happened when one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a notable woman, one translation says a wealthy woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. How many of you know a way to a man's heart is through his mouth? Verse 9, And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who who passes by regularly. Verse 10, Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table, call Ikea and see if we can get some furniture that we can put in there. And the husband said, I don't like Ikea furniture. It's too hard to put together. So she said, call Living Spaces. Sorry, that's the Phil Valdez translation. Let us... Make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed in there for him, a table, a chair, and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Father, we thank you for your word. We receive it. Lord, I pray that today you would show us how much room we need to make in our lives, in our families, in our marriage, in our careers, how much room we need to make for the breakthrough that you have For us And everybody said, Amen. The Bible focuses on a woman in the Old Testament, and it says that she's a notable woman. One translation says that she is a wealthy woman. And when I look at that, I think, wow, if the Bible says that she's a notable woman, that means that there are characteristics and principles that we can learn from this woman. And that's what I wanted to do today is I want to look at what we can learn from this woman who... um, got so many things in her life supernaturally. The woman, uh, she's a notable woman, and she begins to see that God is using this Old Testament prophet by the name of Elisha. Somebody say Elisha. Well, Elisha would pass through, and this woman would see things that other people wouldn't see. She would see that God is moving in Elisha's life. As a matter of fact, she would see that God was moving. Can I ask you a question? Are you looking actively for God to move in your life? What are you looking for? Because oftentimes you see what you want to see. If you want to find trouble, you'll find it. If you want to find blessing, you'll find it. But she was looking and she saw what God was doing. And I want to give you three things that she did today, some keys to breakthrough. And then I'm going to share with you four miracles that God did. And here's the first thing that she did is that she got involved. She started feeding, listen, what God was doing. She saw what God was doing through Elisha, and she started feeding the man of God. She wanted to make sure that when Elisha came to town, he didn't have to stop at KFC. I know it's finger licking good. We were so poor growing up that we went to KFC, we had to lick other people's fingers. Come on, somebody. She wanted to make sure that when he came through, he didn't have to stop at El Pollo Loco. But he, she wanted to make sure that she made a homemade meal for the prophet. And let me tell you, what she was doing is she was feeding what God was doing. Can I ask you a question? Are you feeding into what God is doing in your life? Can you see it? Because you've got to feed it. You've got to put into it. But notice what she didn't say. She didn't say, well, I hope Elisha doesn't stop here and ask me for something. That wasn't her attitude, and I love this woman because I have found, and maybe you have found this too, whatever you feed in your life will grow, and whatever you starve in your life will die. I like to say it this way, feed it, watch it grow, starve it, watch it die. I want to feed what God is doing in my life, and some of us in our spiritual lives, it's dying because you don't feed it. Some of us, our attitudes and are getting bigger because we keep feeding it. Well, you know, Pastor Phil, I have this addiction. Stop feeding it. And guess what? If you stop feeding it, it will die. You know what I love about her is that she didn't just spectate. She actually supported. I've been in church pretty much my whole life. I was a PK. That stands for pastor's kid. I have a lot of experience with church people. And I got to tell you, I... I Two-thirds of God's name is go, and there's so many spectators. Christianity was never meant to be a spectator sport. It was meant to be a a, a lifestyle where you are involved. And what she did is she didn't want to just see what God was doing. Listen, she wanted to be involved with what God was doing. And can I tell you, you can never be involved if you're not available. Let me try this side. You cannot be involved if you're not available. I can't tell you how many counseling sessions I do with people. And if you ever do counseling with me, let me just help you and let me set a precedence. I'm going to tell you, you need to go to church. You need to be involved in the local body, right? You need to be involved. You can't just sit back and spectate. And many people tell me, well, I'm just not available. Well, can I just tell you this morning, you need to start making room in your schedule for God to move in your life. Oh, can I hear a good Amen. She got involved. Here's number two. She made an investment. She actually told her husband, I want to build a wall. I want to build a room on the wall. So I don't want Elisha just to pass through and feed him. I want to make an investment. I want the presence of God to be permanent in my house. And here's what I want to do. I want to make room for it she wasn't excuse me she wasn't satisfied with just dropping off some food and leaving she wanted her home to be permanently affected by what god was doing And here's the principle, because, you know, we can look in the Old Testament and we are under the new covenant, the Bible tells us, but there are a lot of principles in the Old Testament that we see in this story. And here's the principle that what she was doing is she made room for God by honoring the presence of God in the prophet's life. And so what she was doing is she was honoring and making room for God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting today that you contract the property brothers and tell them to come to Marietta or wherever you live and build an addition onto your home. That's not what I'm talking about. But the principle is still the same. Will you make room for the breakthrough that God has for your life? She wanted to be invested, not just involved. But how many of you know You can be involved and not invested. Can I give you an example? I hated school. I hated school. I was involved. I was there physically in chemistry class, but I wasn't invested. My attention wasn't there. There will be many people who will go to work tomorrow on Monday. They will be involved in their work, but they are not invested in their work. Their heart is not there. There are many people who are married. Oh, they're sitting on the same couch with that person that they said I do, that they fell in love with. They're involved. They're on the couch. But you know what? Is there love? Is there investment in the relationship? See, you can be involved and not invested. That wasn't her attitude. Her attitude was, I want to be invested and involved. Come on, somebody. I don't want to have a marriage where I'm just involved. I want to have a marriage that I'm invested in. And that takes daily work. That takes daily and monthly and yearly investment. But I love her attitude because she said, I don't want to just kind of be involved with what God is doing. I personally want to be and permanently, I want that presence to invade my house. I'm going to make an investment. I'm gonna make room for God. I'm gonna make room for God, and I just wonder. I wonder how much room are you making for God in your life? I wonder how much room. I wonder how much room are you giving God in your daily life? Hey God, I need a word, but hurry! I got two minutes. I got two minutes. I, I got. I got a phone call. How much room are you making for God in your family? Lord, I need a miracle in my family. But how much room are you preparing for him to do? Oh, Pastor Phil, I just need a financial miracle. Can I ask you, are you making room in your finances for God to work? Because I know people that don't. They want God to move, but they won't make room for him. Come on, this is a good word. And I'm telling you this morning, I'm preaching this to myself because this is the word that's been on my heart for the last two months. And God is asking me, Phil, how much room are you making? See, you can give God just a little bit. But you know what? The Bible says that if you sow sparingly, guess what you're going to get? But if you sow bountifully, see, you can have as much of God as you want today. There's nobody holding you back. Let's stop blaming the devil. He's only one. And the Bible says he's under our feet. Our biggest challenge is our time. Our biggest challenge is we got so much stuff. We have no room to live you know what? Just because we're busy doesn't mean we're productive. And some of us in this room need to start making room for the supernatural breakthrough that God wants to bring us. And I'm not just talking about being involved. I'm talking about start making an investment in our life that, God, I want you to do the miraculous in my life. And here's number three. Not only did she get involved, not only did she make an investment, but that ignited miracles in her life. See, there's a principle in the Bible That what you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. She did all of this for Elisha. She made an investment in him. And she knew that God was using him. But she made this happen for Elisha. And here's what's amazing. Elisha understood the principle of blessing. And he didn't want to stop the blessing. So he turns to this woman And he says, look, you've been so concerned for us. Isn't it interesting that her concern for others brought concern for her now? She was concerned about Elisha's needs, and he never asked her, but she was concerned. And guess what happened? The man of God then asked her, what can I do for you? What what can I do for you? Read Elisha's miracles. It's crazy. And the man of God is looking at her, and she was standing in the doorway, and he says, what can I do for you? He says, you want me to go to the king? Do you want me to network and use my connections that I have? You have debt. What, what do you have? What can I do for you? She says, no. Listen, I dwell among my own people. Read the story. I don't have time to go through it all today. In other words, I'm content with where I'm at. You know, I, I've... Basically, we're going to find out that she is now settled in her life with some things. And then Gehazi, Elisha's assistant, says, "Uh, Elisha, this woman has no son. What? She has no son? So this means she has no heir. And then Gehazi says, and he points to her husband, and he's old. Do I need to say anything else after that? He's old, and this is what blew my mind about this. When she, when Elisha found out that she had a need, this is what got me. Have you ever been watching a movie, and all of a sudden the plot twists? Like you ever watch Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and you know the plot twist when you find out that Kylo Ren is actually you know, Han Solo and Princess Leia is his son. And you're like, whoa, whoa, that's crazy. This is what happened for me when I read this. Because what blew my mind is that she got involved and she made an investment, yet she had a need that she didn't share with anybody. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Because this is not how most people respond when they have a need. Can I just be honest with you today? Most people, when they have a need in their life, and this was a huge one, we don't have a son, that means her lineage was going to stop. That means that this was the last branch on the family tree. They had no heir to move their family forward. It was a big deal. And she said nothing the whole time. And I thought to myself, this is so counterculture to the way society is today with God. And being in the ministry 20 years, here's what I have found that that when people have a need that God hasn't met, you know what? They withdraw and withhold. They don't get involved and they don't make an investment. Why? Because they have the Janet Jackson type attitude. God, what have you done for me lately? Me get involved? Uh-uh. I got a need, God, and you haven't done what I think you should do. I ain't getting involved. Make an investment? <laughs> Heck no. I'll just wait on you. And you know what? Until this happens, until you do what I think you should do, God, I'm just going to sit here. And that's why so many people are stuck. Can I just encourage you? Holding a grudge with God will never move his heart. Let me say that again. Holding a grudge with God will never move his heart. People that had a grudge with God never got anything from God. You know what is interesting to me? Is that her attitude was, is that I'm going to give regardless if my needs were met? It's crazy because she said, I'm going to get involved with what God is going to get involved with, I'm going to invest in what God is doing. And yet, secretly, she had a need that she needed and didn't say anything about. But isn't it just like God that when you give, he always gives back to you. He knows every single one of your need. And I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Because when Elisha says, you're going to have a son. This time, next year, you're going to have a son. She actually even says no. In other words, like, man, don't, don't, don't be playing with me. Don't be, it's almost like she didn't even have faith for a son. But listen, she had faith in giving and her faith in giving translated into a miracle son. Let me say that again. Her faith in getting involved, her faith in making an investment, because that is faith translated into a miracle that she would have. And it's interesting because she delighted herself in the Lord, even though she didn't have her desires met. And you know what Psalms chapter 37, verse four says, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. My church family, the desires don't come first. The delight comes first. Let me say that again. The delight comes first, then the desires. She delighted even when her desires weren't met. It's a good word this morning. I may download this podcast and listen to it myself. Can I just show you this morning what God did because of her involvement, because of her investment? She got four miracles. Now, I don't know if I would want my life story to be read by people. I, I, I'm the Bible, and that's why you and I have such an advantage because we can look in the Bible and read this story. I truly believe she didn't know what she was doing. She just wanted to honor God's presence. She just wanted to be involved with what God was was doing. And here we are 2,000 years later. We can look at the principles of what she did and apply these principles because I'm telling you, if you will get involved with what God is doing and put your heart and invest in it, you will see that God will do uncommon miracles for you. And basically it comes down to this. She made room for the presence of God in her life, and God did miracles for her. And here's the four miracles that God did. Are you ready? Let me show you. Number one, she got what money couldn't buy. You can't buy a son, ladies and gentlemen. She, her money, she was a wealthy woman. So it was within her power, listen, to make a room. So God never asks you to do it with something that's not within your power to do. Can I just encourage you? You can make room for God. And I think when we say, you know, she's a wealthy woman, all of a sudden there's a, well, you know, that, that's why. No, 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 she did what was in her power to do. You can make room for God. But with all of her wealth, she couldn't buy the miracle. With all of her wealth, she couldn't buy a son. But what she did was where she gave her money, listen, showed her faith. I'm going to put my money, into making room for God. That decision changed the trajectory of her life. See, my church family investing in a room for God showed that she had faith and wanted her life to be impacted by what God was doing. And can I just tell you this morning, if you would walk out of here and say, I'm going to make room for God, and when you start doing it, it's an act of faith that God will honor. That's why I'm telling you today, you need to make room for God to the point of your expectation of the breakthrough that you want him to do in your life. You know, I've talked to a lot of single people and a lot of people are like, well, I'm single and God hasn't brought me anybody. I was single for seven years before God brought me my wife. But you know what, for seven years I wasn't moping. For seven years I wasn't sitting on the couch feeling sorry for myself. You know what I was was doing? I was working in the calling that God had had for my life. I was investing in young people. I was a youth pastor, and I was building. But some people are like, hey, you know what? If God doesn't do this, I'm going to just withdraw. But here's what I was doing in the seven years. I wasn't waiting for Mrs. Wright. I was becoming Mr. Wright so I could meet Mrs. Wright. I was using that time to make room in my life for what I believed, the gorgeous, amazing world woman that God had for me. I wanted to make sure that I was ready. So I started making room. I started preparing my finances for some of you. You know what? God hasn't brought that person. It's not because it's that person. It's because you're not ready. Come on. Don't, 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 don't preach. Don't, don't shout me down. Cause I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You're not ready. You know why you're not ready. You haven't made room. You're not ready. And if God sends that person, it's not going to work. Why? Because you haven't prepared. You haven't made room. And what she did is she started making a room for the prophet. And when she made that room, guess what happened? God spoke to her through Elisha and said, you will have a son. When you make room, when you start to prepare, it's an act of faith. Faith is always movement. Faith is not stagnant. Faith is action. Can I hear a good amen today? And so when you start to make room, you're believing that God is going to do something with what you gave him. What money couldn't buy, she got. Is this good this morning? Here's number two. She experienced a resurrection. The son was born. Just like Elisha said, the promise came to happen. But one day the son was out playing in the Marietta sun, and it was 115 degrees. Come on, somebody. And his head started to hurt, and then he died, and he died. And as I read this, I began to think about, I wonder how many people in their life, their dreams have died. I wonder how many people in their life, they've allowed relationships to die. And this is what I love about this woman. She didn't bury the son See, sometimes we bury things way too soon. Sometimes we quit way too soon. And sometimes I tell people, is that all as it took for you to quit? Was that? The devil, all as he had to do was send you that and you quit? I love that she didn't quit and she didn't bury the son. Listen, can I tell you, maybe some dreams in your life have died, but you better not bury them yet because God can do a resurrection in our lives today. And I believe that if we just won't bury it, and here's what she does. It looked like the promise was gone. She did what she had always done. She ran to the presence of God. She ran to the prophet. She took that son and she said, you promised me a son. Can I encourage you today when things look dead, hold on to the promise. Don't withdraw. Hold on to the promise. Don't withdraw. Hold on to God. God's promise. Cuz people are in the habit of withdrawing. Well, I got here, it didn't work, and they withdraw. I ask people all the time, I say, "Hey, I haven't seen you in church in 4 weeks." "Oh, you don't know, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through." I know what you're going through. It's called withdrawal. You're withdrawing from the very presence that can empower you to overcome that situation. How dare we let the enemy win when he's defeated? And there are people in this Bible that ran to the presence of God. There are women in the the word who broke through the crowd to just touch a hem of his garment. They broke through. And you know what she did is she took this son, and she said, Elisha, he's died. And Elisha took the son up to that room. Something about making room for God. That she took that, he took that son, put him on the bed, and he laid on him. And she experienced a resurrection of a promise. And can I tell you today that God's promises are true? And I'm telling you today, don't bury things before it's time. Are you still there this morning? No matter what the problem is, hold on to the promise. Hold on. Can I say that somebody said, and when they said it's not over till the fat lady sings is a lie, it's not over till God says it's over. And when God says it's over, it's over. But can I tell you this morning, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Here's number three. She got a word that a famine was coming before the famine came. In 2 Kings chapter 8, a few chapters over, you should read it. There was a seven-year famine. And guess who warned her about the famine? Elijah. Elisha said, there's a seven-year famine, and you need to go to the land of the Philistines. Listen, that room that she made for God would actually save her life in the time of a famine. She got a word of the famine before the famine came. That's what God will do. See, if you'll start making time for him, he'll warn you of an attack before the attack comes if you'll just make time, if you'll just make room for God. God gave her a heads up. I need you to go over here. And so for seven years, the Shunammite woman, her husband and her son lived in the Philistines, in the land of the Philistines. And here's what I love as we close today. Here's the last miracle that she saw. Number four, after the famine, God restored to her, everything that was lost with interest. I want to close, turn over just to 2 Kings chapter 8. I want to read this as we close today. And look at what happened because the famine was over and Gehazi is before the king. And look in Second. 2- Kings chapter 8, verse 4, it says this, Then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Verse 5. Now it happened as he is telling the king, watch this. Gehazi is telling the king, as he's telling the king, he had restored the dead to life, talking about the Shunammite woman's son. There was a woman whose son he restored to life. Gehazi, can you tell he's excited about what happened, about the miracles, and he's sharing what Elisha had done, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My Lord, O oh king. So watch what happens. He's talking to the king about Elisha, about all these great things. He says, there's a woman and her son was restored at that particular moment. She was at the right place at the right time. She approaches the king because she wants her land back. As Gehazi is telling Elisha about the miracle, the miracle child walks in and he says, look, this is that woman. And look at what the king says. I love this. And verse 6, and when the king had asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed a certain officer for her saying, restore. Come on, everybody say that. Not only can God do a resurrection, come on, he can restore you. He can restore everything that was lost, restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left until now. Not only, not only did she miss the famine and her life was saved, she got everything back with interest. My church family, God wants to bring breakthroughs to our life and I'm telling you it's time for you to make room for the breakthrough. It's time for you to start making room. It's time for you to start Making room in your heart. Can God work in your heart? Can God interrupt your life for a breakthrough? Are you making room for your God to move in your marriage? Listen, can you make room in your schedule for God to work? Are you making room for God to move in your finances? And I'm going to tell you this today you don't make room, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And many of us, I believe we're stuck. Many of us today can have secret grudges that we're holding on to God. And I want to encourage you today. That's not the way to get a miracle. The way to get a miracle is say, God, there's no room in my heart right now because I'm holding a grudge or I'm bitter God, I need to make room for you. I need to forgive. Lord, here's my heart. Here's room for you to work. God, here's my finances. Here, I want to make room for you to work. I need your supernatural blessing on my finances. Would you stand this morning as the band comes? And come on, let's give God a great round of applause for his word this morning. Because I believe that breakthrough is coming to your house. Come on, if you receive that, lift your hand. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.